Hi, Andy. Hi, Philip. Hi, and welcome to Look Good for the Boys, a horror gossip podcast. I'm Philip. I'm Andy. You can rate and review us. You, I mean, wherever you get podcasts, don't go down to the Applebee's and try to rate and review us there. Don't go to the post office. They're not going to know what the fuck to do with it. You know, there's a, there are a lot of places you actually shouldn't go to try to rate and review us. Yeah, there's really just one where you should. Yeah, and it's wherever you got this it's from. It's literally wh- yeah. where you're listening to this right now. Yeah. Just hit five star, hit like. <laughs> wow. Yeah, do the- what we tell you. <laughs> what, you don't get off on that? No. Oh, okay. I just don't get off anymore. <laughs> <laughs> At all, nothing, period. Nothing ever. does it for me. Nothing <laughs> thrills me. I've seen it all. I'm ready to become a Cenobite. As it happens, you just one day you can't get a boner from normal stuff, and now then the Cenobites come for you. There's no in between. <laughs> you just go from yeah. like normal stuff yeah. to Cenobite. There's just two levels: vanilla and Cenobite. That's it. <laughs> We already did that part. I know. I just I just wanted to say hi again. I'm just oh. really excited to be here with you. I'm sorry. No, you're not. I'm really not. <laughs> no, you don't lie to me. So I have a game I want to play with okay. you. Okay. Back by popular demand. <laughs> because one person, one of the two people who listen to this podcast. Oh, wait, really? Somebody actually asked for this? Yeah. Somebody said they really enjoyed this segment. Oh, and it wasn't me. And it wasn't me either. Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> We're going to play the game where I tell Andy a vertical stack movie, a, you know, to be streaming, low budget movie that I watched, just the title, and Andy has to try to figure out what the plot is. We call it <laughs> Guess to be the Plot. or not to be. <laughs> to be. Right? Sure. That was right there, and I am actually ashamed of myself for taking it. To I don't like it, though. Be. I don't. Um, oh, okay, fine. Well, because it, I mean, it doesn't even really sum up what the game is. No. Uh, to be clear, hey. <laughs> to be clear. Or to be honest, to be frank, to be fair. I like to be frank. <sighs> I don't like any of this anymore. <laughs> we'll come up with a name. Right, okay. to be or not, I, I don't care. For now, it's to be honest. To be honest. It's TBH. To be, TBH, to be honest. Okay. Okay, so, you ready? Yeah. The to be film that I watched this week that uh-huh. you have to guess the plot for is called Medusa. But but I feel it has two separate subtitles in America on the poster it has one and then the film itself has a different one. So I'm going to give you both because I feel like it might help. Okay. <laughs> so on the film itself it's called Medusa Queen of the Serpents. Okay. The yes. American poster has the subtitle Medusa Beauty is the Beast. Uh, I don't like either of those. <laughs> I think you get some notes on both of those. Yeah, yeah. I mean this movie Needs a lot of notes. Okay. Uh, Queen of the Serpents and Beauty is the Beast. That's a, that's not even a subtitle. It's a tagline. Yeah, well. And it's not a great tagline. No, it really isn't. Beauty Spoiler is alert. It's not a very great film. Oh, I am <laughs> fucking shocked to hear that. But you will be surprised what it's about. I mean, obviously Medusa's in it. 
What if you were like, no. Uh, not really. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, arguable, but nah, no, that's not. So it's not Medusa, the, the Gorgon of Greek myth. I mean, the title is referencing that. Well, I, I would hope. I would fucking hope so. <laughs> that would be like, oh, it made a movie called Dracula something. There's no reference to Dracula in or it. Or vampires. Yeah, whatsoever. I just need to know. So there's, it's reference, obviously, to the Greek villainous Medusa who yes. froze men with her gaze yes. into stone uh, with snakes for hair. Mm-hmm. Does she? Okay. At least tell me this. Is there a, a woman with snakes for hair in this movie? Spoiler, but yes. Okay. Wait, what do you mean spoiler? Well, we'll get to it. You can ask if contextual they, questions, by the way. Yeah. Let's... I mean, okay. All right. <laughs> So okay, there is a woman with snakes for hair. So the queen of the serpents thing isn't just throwing us. Yes, beauty is the is Medusa. Is she like a model? No. So she's not in. Okay, she's not in the modeling world. She's she's not in the fashion world no. at all. She's not a fashion designer. She's not but a, her looks are important. Is she a drag queen? No. I mean, okay, when you say her looks are important, you mean what she wears is not obviously her. Can she turn people to stone? At a certain point, yes. Wait, is this is this about someone being coming possessed by Medusa? Kind of, yes. Okay, all right, all right. So a woman is 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 becoming Medusa. Yes, she is being taken over by Medusa. Medusa's not a demon; like she can't possess people. I mean, maybe she can. I don't know. My Greek is, you know, my my ancient <laughs> Greek mythology is not uh, what it used to be. Does the place and time make any difference? Uh, I'll tell you that it's an, a film made in the UK. Okay. And it takes okay. place in, in modern It's days. contemporary? Yeah. Okay. So many of these movies are made in the UK. Yeah. There's a lot of really low-budget, vertical-stack horror movies made in the UK. I have yet to see one that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't one of them. Okay. So to close out the plot loop here, you need to figure out her profession and yeah, okay. why I was Medusa like, yeah, what am I? All right. Is... Here's the thing. You tell me something like Titanic 666, it's like, okay, there's a lot to go on here. Yeah. Medusa, it's like, well, I guess Medusa's in it. Beyond that, I have, I have there's, no, I don't know where, where my first step should be. Well, I gave you a big hint in that her looks matter for her job. And she's Is she not a, a photographer? Model. No. She's not in the modeling world at all. But when I say modeling world, okay, then like any of the adjacent world. She's Correct. not a pop star. Correct. She's not a like an opera diva. She's not famous. She's not famous she's not adjacent. A, she's not an actor. Nope. Okay. She's not famous. That's good. That's helpful. Is she a mannequin? No. <laughs> Is this about a mannequin <laughs> that comes to life Medusa. and becomes Medusa? <laughs> Medusa 2 on the move. Is she a cam girl? No, but I said she's not famous, but you're getting closer. She's a stripper. Getting closer. A burlesque dancer. Colder. A ballerina. No. How is... (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Okay, porn star. No. I said she's not famous, but porn star is probably your closest guess. Amateur pornographer. Nope. She's not on film. Oh, she's a sex worker. Yes. She's Okay. I'm like dancing all around. I mean, like a lot of those were our sex workers. True, know, true. They are yeah. under the umbrella of sex work, but, but specifically like up. an escort, yeah. a call girl. Uh, so I'm going to just give you the opening setup for this, and then I want you to bridge the gap to Medusa. Okay. Because I actually find this to be an interesting opening setup. She had somehow managed to get away. She met some guy. Mm -hmm. that she thought she was in love with and she left this world 
And the film starts with her returning because something went wrong and you never find out what. Oh. Like whatever dream she thought she was chasing failed. And the quote brothel that she's returning to is actually just like a trailer park. It's a series of trailers in which like this pimp. Is there a better way to say that? Manager? <laughs> in which the manager of the sex workers <laughs> sets each, each of them up in their own trailer in this small trailer park that that's literally just what it is. Yeah. And so she's returning to her old trailer. And that's in the, the UK? S- yes. Okay. And that's... That's the setup. There's so much mystery here. I know. And honestly, it's a really great setup. There's like the opening is like, it's really melancholy. Do you ever sad. find out all of the stuff that happened? You do, right? Um, You get hints. Oh, uh, okay. But it's not like a part of the reveal. No, it's not. A, it's not a big reveal. I mean, you just kind of get a sense that like, she's a messed up person that couldn't handle a normal life because she has drug addiction problems. And like, there was a reason she got into sex work in the first place. Oh yeah. The call of the void. Yeah. I always empathize with those characters. They're, they're always the characters that I like the most. And, and she does have a speech uh, kind of calling to that mm-hmm. that is actually really good and it makes you really sad that this film isn't better what's upsetting me philip is that you're making me want to watch this the first half of it is really fascinating <laughs> okay then medusa comes <laughs> then the then the title happens yeah. Then what the movie's about begins. She's changing then. She goes through a change, a transformation. Yes, but... Is she bitten by a Medusa? Close. <laughs> is she bitten by Medusa's head? No. She's bitten by something. A snake? Yes. Is it a snake that's from Medusa's head originally? Unclear. Like one of the snakes from her head escaped <laughs> and raised a family? And you, you know, you could actually take that read because there is a suggestion later that the snake... Like a human shows up and there's a suggestion that this human that shows up was the snake that bit her. The snake bites you and then it turns into a person? Well, so there's a whole cult element here of women. <laughs> okay. And they're and they're they're trying to turn her into they're are they trying to bring Medusa back? Yes. And they're using her as the vessel to do this. Correct. That's actually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the getting bit by a snake thing turns you into Medusa, but hey. It's, it's a special a, it's, snake. It's creative, I'll give it that. Yeah. All right, you win. Okay, what do I win? (laughs) You win the knowledge that you don't have to watch Medusa. Is she from Greece, this woman? No. (laughs) Is there anyone in the cult from Greece? No. Nope. They're just, "Eh, well, we're part of this. Yeah. Do they at least eat any Greek food? Nope. They never order gyros or saganaki. Nobody sets a plate of cheese on fire? Not once. Does anyone say opa? Nope. (laughs) Is there a big, fat wedding? No, there's no no big, fat, Greek anything. (laughs) My big fat Greek snake hair. Okay, so no Greek nothing. Nope. Well, that feels like a missed opportunity. <laughs> it really does. A lot about this movie is a missed opportunity. Yeah. So that's Medusa. That's Medusa, queen of the serpents. All right, Andy, should we talk about what we actually came here to talk about? I don't really want to anymore. So, I feel like you have something to say. Well, I got something to <laughs> say. It. It's the first day of Pride today, and it doesn't matter much. It's not the first day, is it? No. Okay. So what do you have to say? <laughs> Do you want to just start all over? Probably. (laughs) Andy, do you have something to tell us? Oh, I see what you did. I see what you did. Remove the possibility. Well, we we both have things to say. Yeah. Today. First of all, happy Pride Month. Happy Pride, everyone. I hope that it's okay and that, I don't know, by the time we release this, uh, things haven't gotten worse. I should. Wow. (laughs) What a weird way to intro Pride Month. But yeah, we do hope things haven't gotten worse. Yeah. It's a a weird Pride (laughs) Month this year. Yeah. But then again, last year... 
I think it's also strange that as a queer horror gossip podcast, we didn't do anything pride related. I didn't feel very proud last year. No. <laughs> we were busy very... at the beach house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this year I'm like, no, we gotta we gotta do something. This is this year it's all pride. It's all pride. All, all pride the time. all month. So we have a lot planned for Pride. We have four great Pride themed episodes. Yes. We're doing some French gay things. We're doing some <laughs> That's and that's extra French gay is like the real gay. Yeah, that's like the top gay. Yeah. You can't get gayer than <laughs> French gay. French is the gayest of the gays. We're also doing some gay slasher things. We're we're queering up some straight things. Okay, but first So today we are talking about The Horror Thruple. It's a couple plus one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, also, it's like thruple, polycule, right? I think thruple can, you know, you can say that for more than three people. Yeah. I mean, I think thruple plus. Yeah. You know? So yeah, the horror horror thruples. We've talked about it on the show before. Many times. Yeah. And they're thruples. It's three people in a relationship, three or more. Mm -hmm. And it's just an inherently queer thing. Yep. And it's often inherently counterculture because countercultural spaces is where queer people find safety, usually, mm-hmm. uh, if there is any to be found. And in horror, those t- kinds of stakes are always higher because it's horror. And you see more countercultural representation in horror movies and therefore probably more thruple representation in horror movies. The example that we come up with the most right is Friday the 13th Part 3, Fox... Ali and Loco. And they're interesting because they're also an interracial thruple mm-hmm. and a motorcycle club thruple, what the squares would call a biker gang thruple. <laughs> I mean, uh, they're kind of a biker they're gang. A biker they're gang. they're yeah. antagonists. Yeah. They're not nice people. No. But, but they're I, fun. Yeah, I think they're fun. And they read as a thruple to me. It's one of those things where it's like, because it's a social situation around the idea of motorcycles, it's like maybe people would be like, they're just friends. It's a, it's work. They're not, and it's like no. They've all three have fucked. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like I don't think that's too much of a stretch to read that. That's the big one. That's the one. That's the first one that comes to mind usually. Mm-hmm. The first one that comes to my mind is always Night of the Demons Two. Night of the Demons Two. Shirley, Rick, and, and Z Boy. Z Boy. <laughs> Which again, they're not explicitly counterculture, but they're. Not great people. No. They're the bullies. Mm-hmm. And Z-Boy is probably guilty of some crimes. He's hot, though. Yeah. All three are hot. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. I mean, surely we've, surely we've, we've is, talked come enough on. about Look, Shirley. Zoe Trilling, come on the show. Yeah, we miss you. We, we miss you. We want you back. But in their, their case, whereas Fox, Loco, and Ali, it feels like a closed throuple, mm-hmm. Shirley, Z-Boy, and Rick feels like a... Oh, completely open thruple. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's a roving thruple. Mm-hmm. It's an open thruple. Yeah. And something I want to say about the horror thruple in general is yeah. because often, especially in you know more mainstream style films, you get this idea of like it's just maybe two men sharing a woman. Uh-huh. Say as in the cases, it, like that's the presentation in Night of the Demons too, right? Yeah. I do knowing what I know about those characters. I, I believe that the three of them have had sex at the same time. I don't believe that Z Boy and Rick have done stuff. Together. Yeah, I I don't think that they have. Whereas like with Fox Ali and Loco, I believe that Loco has done stuff to Ali. I don't think Ali has reciprocated, but like I could see, I could see Loco, you know, sucking Ali's dick. Honestly, Loco and Ali, I can see that being mutual. Yeah. You know, I can see that being like a, they've both done for each other. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rick and Z-Boy, I think they're still 
kind of like honestly, I think Rick is has has entertained the idea. I could see that, and yeah. I think Z Boy is. Don't get me wrong. I think they're both queer. Well, and and what I was getting at with this is that even in these cases where you take a read of it of just two men sharing a woman, yeah, the, the queerness comes in that, and this leads us to the this next example. The queerness for me comes in that it still requires an intimate connection between yes. the two men in this case, yeah, yeah, and yeah, whether yeah. it's like at, at the very least mental and emotional, if not actually yeah. physical. It's it's funny because yeah, they might consider themselves straight, right? But the relationship is queer already. Just yeah, inherently. because they have to make that space in their own intimate lives for another. Yes. You know, so it's already it's a queer relationship, which means they're queer, honest because they're actively engaging this whether or not they're to I mean whatever, it's all in degrees, mm-hmm. right? But I do think like when do you when do you exactly when do you become gay? You know, when is it is it is it when you're just looking at a dick and thinking, yeah, it's, I feel like these, the are the com- these are the these are the these are the conversations. Hits the internal part of your body. <laughs> that's when it happens. Yeah, yeah you immediately that's when, turn gay. That's when the magic happens. <laughs> I mean, it is. That's when you become a real boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this leads us to what I think is the, probably the most clear example. Well, I mean, it's explicit. The most explicit yeah. example of a horror thruple is the couple in or the thruple in Tintorera. Tintorera, which. In that case, it is very much a thruple that is explicit and it is communicated. Rules are discussed. Yeah. But also, and it, it is a, a case of, you know, the two men kind of being more focused on the women, yeah. the woman and sharing her. But they are also very intimate with each other, not explicitly mm-hmm. sexual, but they are, I mean, they are in an emotional relationship. They're, yeah, exactly. They're having couples conversations with each other yeah and it, it's and it has an emotional quality regardless of what the sexual contact is you know mm-hmm. they're making space in you in their heart for another you know like it's right. that's what is happening here and it's explicitly a thrill yeah i mean that that movie is basically it's ernst lubitsch's design for a living but with sharks yeah with killer sharks and a bunch of shark killing and um, yeah, always have to bring that up. Killing. Always have to be like disclaimer: they kill sharks. For <laughs> they real. kill lots of sharks for real in this movie, and it's bothersome. Mm-hmm. So uh, warning. But so, we're not actually here to talk about. We're it. not even here to talk about those three movies. Yeah. But it's like those are you know what the thruples that we can easily point to as like this is what we're talking about. You know, we're here to talk about two other movies today. Yep, and they're fitting. I think it's fitting that we're doing this. Right after a week after Memorial Day, mm-hmm. and like at the beginning of camping summer camping season, these are both wilderness slashers uh, that take place, uh, you know, camping areas that are not Friday the Thirteenth movies and do not take place at summer camps. Right, it's just camp. It's just a camping, yeah. But they also both have the uh, feral wild man killers, mm-hmm. and they uh, they both have horror thruples. Yeah, and those two movies are. Don't Go in the Woods, 1981. And Memorial Valley Massacre, 1989. A.K.A. Memorial Day. Both great. Sure. <laughs> I'm a big fan of both. Okay. I really am a fan of both. I like one a lot more than the other. I, uh, okay, on the count of three, we say it at the same time. What? The one we like more? Yeah. yeah. One, one, two, two three. three. Memorial Mem- Valley Massacre. No, Don't Go in the Woods. I'm just kidding. Of course oh. it's Don't Go in the Woods. <laughs> Of course, obvious. It's the obvious choice. Yeah, so let's talk about that one first. Yeah, Uh, it's 1981. It's directed by... James Bryan. James Bryan, who also did Jungle Trap. 
which is a special kind of movie. <laughs> it really is. I mean, the title is Don't Go in the Woods. It's, yeah. it's exactly what you think it is. Yes. A lot of people going into the woods and a lot of people getting killed for yeah. it. That's what that movie is. Yeah. And it's, it's fun because it's got this like sort of Charles B. Pierce like vignette quality to it. Mm-hmm. But also like kind of like, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this, Frederick Wiseman or Robert Altman. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> wow. It's like, okay, sure. It's sure. got this kind of ambitious scope, but just by like looking at different groups of people, you know, coming to, to do different things. It's all over the fucking place. But this movie is interesting because, you know, in Friday the 13th, part three, our horror thruple are they're specifically their their antagonists. Mm-hmm. They're non-central threat antagonists. In Night of the Demons 2, it's a similar story. Right. They're antagonistic characters. In Tintorera, there are leads. Yes. But the movie is about that. Here, in Don't Go in the Woods, we have our horror thruple who are the leads. Yes. But they're but the movie's not about the horror thruple thing. And honestly, the the horror thrupleness is debatable. We will talk about that. Now. Now. Yeah, because again, <laughs> Wait, don't go, we don't need to run down a synopsis. No. Don't go in the woods is what you think it is. Yeah, that's all you need to know. No. A, watch it. B, it's what you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so really you actually have four people. Yes. So it's it's actually more of a quapple. Quadrangle. Quadrangle. <laughs> a square. <laughs> it's more of a square. A love square. A quadruple. A thruple plus. Yeah, it's a polycule. It's a four-person yeah. polycule, but... Okay, so the th- four characters, our four leads, are Craig, Ingrid... and uh, Let's characterize them a little bit. Okay, yeah, Craig, yeah, yeah. who is <laughs> the kind of nerdy Boy Scout. Yeah. He's the, the survivalist. He's a dork. He, I wrote daddy, but it's, he's really more dad than daddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's a dork, but he's like he knows what he's talking about. Sometimes he's impatient about him knowing more than the other characters, but he's not a bad guy. Right, and he's their kind of de facto leader. He's the yeah. one who, who has brought them into the woods and is trying to teach them how to be campers, survivalists, yeah. you know, yeah. how to survive out in the wilderness. And then we have Ingrid. Ingrid the redhead. The redhead, yes. How would you characterize Ingrid? Well, she's a final girl. She's the closest you get to a final girl in this movie. Yeah, she's got a lot. It's weird, like aesthetically, she's got a lot of final girl things going on. Mm-hmm. But you also don't learn a whole lot about her. At one point, she says to another character... I have so much to tell you when we get back. And it's like, yeah, you have a lot to tell all of us. Yeah. There's a lot we do not know about you. Considering how much screen time she yeah, has. Yeah, she has a lot of screen time. Yeah. But you like her. I again, Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's I very likable. Like, I genuinely like all of these people. All four. Yep. All four of them. Mm-hmm. I would be in a relationship with all four of them. Simultaneously. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, maybe that's it. They just need a fifth. That's their They problem. just need to be a pentagon. A pentagram. <laughs> they need to be a love pentagram. And the thruples plus counseling of don't go in the woods, it's that they need us. Yeah, they need, okay, <laughs> they need six. <laughs> needs to be six. Well, but we each bring somebody with us. True. So it's eight. It's eight. We need to have a love octagon <laughs> with the characters in Don't Go in the Woods. <laughs> uh, so after Ingrid, you is have Peter. Peter, who... Peter's fascinating to me. Peter's interesting because he's the hottest one. Yeah, yeah. Hands and in, down. in any yeah. other movie, he would be sort of the like the jock, the lead boy. Yes. But instead he's the punchline. Yeah, he's it's funny because he's the he's the bad boy. He's also the one that you're like, for a number of reasons, you're like, he's the fourth wheel. Yeah. 
on this tricycle. Like he doesn't fit. Well, because he's the least capable in this scenario. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know what he's doing out there and it has trouble keeping up with everybody. Well, and he also doesn't seem to be interested in learning or in being out there. Right. Like he's very much like, fuck this. Why are we doing this? But also all three of the others pick on him. Yeah. They all like have alienated him, which is interesting because it's like, well, again, he's the hottest. He's the coolest. Usually in this in these scenarios, you get three Peters and like I don't know one Ingrid, right? And they're picking on the the three Peters are picking on the Ingrid. But in this case, it's three Ingrids and a Peter. I mean, there's some interesting dynamic reversals yeah. going on in this movie, which brings us to Joni. Yeah, J O A N N E, right? That's Joanne. But they all but call they her all Joni. call her Joni. Her name is Joni. She's one of those where you say Joanne and she's like, I'm sorry, it's Joni. And you're like, I'm sorry. I've been saying Joanne for 40 years. I think I know Joanne when I see it. <laughs> and she's like, well, that's my name is Joni. And it's like, well, you should change the spelling. Andy, you call people by the name they want to be called. You know what? Good point. You're right. She is Joni. She's Joni. <laughs> and she is in Enigma. Here's the thing. I know all of these people. Oh, yes, absolutely. In real life. I know real life. Literally, I have a name for each one of these people of the the first person I think of that's like them. And then I know six more that are also like them. But what I don't know is horror film equivalents. I feel like all four of these are anomalies. They're very unique. Yeah. They're very unique. In when a lot you of ways. see these these four kinds of characters in horror films, they are peripheral. They are people brought just yeah. To they're be never the leads. Never. And here we they're the leads, and it's like wow, it's, it's such an interesting movie mm-hmm. because it's killing off everybody that's not them, and then th- also them. <laughs> but it, it takes its time. Killing it really them. takes its time. In the first them. twenty minutes, there are five different death sequences, none of which are them. Yeah. And that includes seven victims. And they're all super entertaining. All of them. None of them are, are boring no. or like they're great. And it's they're all great. All so weird. They're all so fucking weird. And they're all they're all very unique characters. Mm-hmm. Like you learn you these people are on screen for like 30 seconds sometimes. And you know so much about them. Right. Before they exit this the, the movie. It's so awesome. Mm-hmm. It's so, so awesome. But back to our little... Yeah, but we're not here to talk about that. Thruple Plus. We're here to talk about our, our Thruple Plus. Of Craig, Ingrid, Joni, Peter. And the first time you and I watched this movie together, we, we read horror Thruple into Craig, Joni, and Ingrid. And it was this rewatch where I was like, oh shit, Peter's part of it. Mm-hmm. But it was always like, how do these fucking people know each other? Right. Like, Why are they what friends? is their relationship together? Where did they meet? I want to know everything there is to know about them. Well, and the, the wildest thing to me about their relationship is that it is very asexual, but incredibly intimate. Yes. By the way, I do want to say... As far as I'm concerned, like asexual people are part of the alphabet. Like yes. they are part of the thing. And I and this weird thing that I see on Twitter sometimes of like anti-asexual bigotry of like what? trying to exclude them from the queer community. It's really weird to me. That's weird. I don't rude. know where it comes from. It's super bothersome. But I also don't want to I don't know for sure that these people are asexual. I definitely thought of that at first. You know, it was like they're an asexual thruple. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like they have sexual contact with each other and they do like have sex, but like 
It's weird. I, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, the, there's not the, none of these characters have sex with each other in the movie. No. It's not even like implied. But they are very intimate mm-hmm. and very flirty. Yes. In a really awkward way. Yeah, and, and it's like flirting all with each other. And it's like, it's the attention they give Peter, it doesn't seem flirty. It seems it, like alienating. To me, it seems like juvenile flirting. Yeah. I read part of it as being, maybe it's just because of who we characterize them as, but like, you know, you take that like hot jock character and you put them into like, you know, the Boy Scout camp, you know, where they don't know shit because they've relied on their looks the whole time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like that's, yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. But then it's like, why is he hanging out with them? <laughs> I mean, because he wants to be part of this throuple. Yeah. Okay. You know, he wants to impress them. Are they recruiting him? Maybe. Is that what this is? This is a, this is a, an extended interview for throuple placement. I could see it. Yeah. By the end, the movie kind of like, it seems like what the deal is, is that Craig and Joni were an item. Mm-hmm. And then Ingrid and Peter were becoming an item. And that by the end, they're a couple. Right. Because they're the only ones that are still well, alive. They're the only ones that are still alive. Yeah. But it definitely, earlier on in the film, it really feels like it's the three of them and then him. Like there's that scene like, where I don't understand when he's sitting on the riverbank and Ingrid and Joni and Craig are like splashing in the river. No, I don't think that's Craig splashing. I think that's Peter. I think it's him remembering. It's, it's a memory. Yeah, of okay. him having a, a, a water fight with Joni and Ingrid. And he's just sitting on the riverbank remembering it. So I, I think it gives some context that he has like the same sort of flirtatious playfulness okay. with, with them. Yeah. You just don't have Craig as a part of that. Because I think the two of them, I think Peter and Craig have a much more macho kind of well, flirtation. Craig is very much like, like he talks shit to Peter. Like, he's like, shut up, Peter. You know, like, it's weird. Sometimes it feels hostile. Sometimes it feels like Craig is maybe being territorial. Well, Craig is hostile towards all of them at, a very, yeah. at various points. Like, <laughs> yeah. when he traps Joni in the okay, fucking Okay, to be bag. clear, though, Joni, uh, like, assaulted him before that. Like, yeah. she hits him with a bunch of shit. But then he says some crazy shit to her when she's uh, well, in the bag. Well, yeah, ba- ba- bag of bitch. Yeah, bag of bitch. <laughs> what the fuck? And he's, he's whacking it with yeah. a stick. And it's like, yeah, what she did to you was fucked up, but this is overkill. Well, and I think that's the thing with all of their interactions. Yeah. It's all flirtations taken way too far. Yeah. Because I don't think any of them have the social skills to actually navigate true, you know, intimacy and flirtation. Yeah. Because when he takes her off, he's like, I'm going to take Joni off for some survival tips. And then he's like setting up a trap and she like pulls the thing. Oh, yeah, so it like the rock. See, so the rock like, lands on his, his hand. hand. Yeah, and yeah. then she's like, oh, let me see it. And then she fucking hits it again. It's like, is this a thing they do? Is this uh, like, is this some light SM that they just it feels that regularly way. do? Yeah. Cause she's, I mean, she feels sadistic in that, in that scene. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets her, it's also very sadistic. Joni, I also, I mean, you could make a character study out of her. I think she has some. A lot of complicated things yeah. going on. Yeah. They also do all three throw rocks at her at one point. So <laughs> this is a weird. <laughs> they're group. a weird group. I mean, <laughs> I want to talk about a lot of things with them. I want to talk about Craig's look. I want to talk about Joni's look. All of her shirts are homemade. Mm-hmm. They look like she made them all, or, or like customized them all herself. I believe that the actress herself made them all. Oh, probably. You know, she's a casting director. Really? Yeah. Nice. After this, she became a big casting director. Peter's shirt is amazing. His pink shirt. Oh, yeah. Super yeah. cute. Especially as it gets, like, torn up. Yeah. I like Joni's, like, shirt with a star on it. 
Uh-huh. She's also got one with trees. That's pretty great. Joni's adorable. Joni is adorable. I like Joni. Yeah, they're kind of like the NPR <laughs> or the pub, the PBS thruple. Like they're not. It's weird. They're not quite counterculture. No, you no, know. No. But they're like... But they're not mainstream. But they're not mainstream either. By any either. stretch. Yeah. They're just so interesting. Well, especially you look at... I'm, I'm going to get very basic here, but look at their gender presentation. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, Both for the men and the women. Yeah. Joni and Ingrid both have very short hair. Mm-hmm. They don't really wear any if any or very much makeup, at least no, any noticeable yeah. makeup. Mm-mm. They wear clothes that's designed not to show off their figure at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ingrid's little baseball jersey pajama top. Oh my god, it's so cute. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. And the rest of the time she's just wearing flannel. And Craig with his hat and the ban- the bandana around his neck at one point. Yeah, he's like signaling yeah. a little bit, you know? Well, even just having, you know, Peter wearing a pink shirt. Yeah, with his longer hair as yeah. well, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like you could write fucking essays on just like gender <laughs> the, and don't go and in the don't woods. don't go in the woods. <laughs> well, yeah, you've also got Dick and uh, his new wife, the oh, couple yeah. in the van. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're uh, very cherry. fast. Cherry, that's right. Dick They're fascinating. Yeah, and actually when you think about it, all those little vignettes... A lot of them, the women are and men are like hyper gendered, like especially in that scene. Well, there's the woman who's painting. She, her but, not so much, but she has a kid. Yeah, so she's a mother. Yeah, so there's that. And then there's the older sightseeing couple, Dale, and they, you never get her name. Oh yeah, oh but, poor Dale, and poor her. Well, honestly, poor, poor everybody in this yeah. movie. So yeah, it, it is an interesting contrast that they they chose to like do significant gender-related presentation things with all of the other victims except our main cast. Yeah. It's a lot of interesting choices yeah. for this movie. Some of them feel, you know, interesting accidentally. You know, like maybe they weren't going for something here, but this is what we ended up with, and it's anomalous in some ways, you know? It's weird because we say, yeah, don't go in the woods. It's exactly what you think it is. But also, it's, it's very much not what you think it is. Yeah, It's very much got a different focus and a different idea and it's paced really interestingly and the thing like the things it chooses to i mean obviously some of the stuff it chooses to ignore is because maybe they didn't shoot it or they cut it or whatever like because it is kind of all over the place but in a delightful way oh yeah in a very interesting way and a fun way and i love the music the music is like kind of ahead of its time almost it's like it's, it's like, again it's like sort of accidentally experimental mm-hmm. like it, it, yeah. there's points where it sounds like an engine it's this weird synth score but it sounds like it's really percussive and it sounds like an engine getting revved up at one point it's really cool i like the the killer's look Old bead face. Yeah, the bead face is pretty great. <laughs> it's so interesting. Ah, just everything about this movie is fascinating. This movie has an insane amount going on for only being like, what, an hour and 22 minutes? Yeah. It's only an hour and 22 it's so, minutes. Yeah, it's so quick, but it, it doesn't waste any time. But it, it's weird at times it feels patient. But the kills are great and fun and brutal and bloody. And you've got this square ish thruple thruple quadrangle going on mm-hmm. it's interesting should we talk about our next horror thruple well first off oh fuck mary kill craig Joni, ingrid no peter no because that's an obvious that's obvious yeah um well kill craig for oh, sure wow yeah i'd fuck Joni and mary ingrid Joni has good fuck energy. Ingrid, Ingrid, you know, See, I could settle down with her. I'm with you. I'm same exact same answer. Mm-hmm. Because Joni, you know, you know 
she's good in bed. Yeah. She, you know, she's weird. It's super weird. She, <laughs> she'll do things weird. to you that you didn't know could be done. Yeah. Well, and things you didn't know you liked. Right. And then she did them. And you, at first you're like, wait, why? No, I didn't think, oh, no, I like this. Yeah. Yeah. She bites. But in the right places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's definitely into hurting yeah. a little bit. And, and then Ingrid Ingrid's is just, just she's just sweet. She's just nice. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you kill Craig. You want to know why you kill Craig? Why? Because he's the one that, again, he's a little impatient. And I don't want to kill Craig, but if I have to kill one, he's the one. Yeah. He tells that ghost story, which he's bad at. Yes. Like, they're right to be like, although, <laughs> is it Joni that's like, don't tell anymore. I'm scared. And it's like, no, it's not. He's bad at this. He's not good at telling a ghost story. I'm sorry. He's not. But then he farts, which I think is funny. Like this to make the smell of the dead body or whatever. It's like, that's what he, and they're, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. And they're like, oh God, that's why you kill him. Because he farts? Because he, well, I don't know. The fart is funny. I'm not going to say it's not funny. It's a good ghost story punchline. Yeah. And if you're not good at telling ghost stories, you should have something you can yeah. do. You got to have a gimmick. Yeah. And that's his gimmick. But here's the thing. After the first time, you're like, okay, I don't want to, I don't, don't want to do it again. Stories again. Yeah. You're not telling ghost stories anymore. So yeah. Fuck Joni, Mary, Ingrid, kill Craig. All right. You ready to move on to our next thruple? Let's move on to our next thruple. Memorial Valley Massacre. You said something that I'm <laughs> earlier to me over text that coincides very well with a a note I made about this movie, just in general. Oh, yeah. So I had written down about this movie that this feels like an anti-people movie. Yeah. Well, what I said, right, was that the Memorial Valley is where bad people go when they die. Yeah. It's the bad place. It's the bad place. Yeah. Because everybody in there is a fucking asshole. Yeah. Except for like two characters, like Deke and poor Chuck. Well, Chuck... Chuck made his bed, Yeah, he, yeah I was just thing. about to say, he made choices that got him where like, he is. The lesson Chuck needs to learn to escape Memorial Valley and go to the good place is to stand up for himself yeah. and to tell bad people they're being bad. Right. Because not only did he marry a monster, but then he, he allowed... He raised a monster. Yeah, a monster to be raised in his mm-hmm. under his roof. Yeah. Oh, and what a monster. Oh, yeah, Walter. Walter's the worst. Walter's the reason this whole fucking problem happened. Yeah. There would have been no massacre in Memorial Valley if if it it weren't for Walter. Walter. Fucking Walter. Stupid fucking Walter. Anyway, Memorial Valley Massacre, a.k.a. Memorial Day, 1989, directed by C. Robert Hughes. So in this film, we have a lot of characters. There's a lot of characters. At this campground that are getting massacred, of course. Yeah. And again, just like the last film, we don't need to talk about all of them. We're really here to talk about three. Three of them. <laughs> Rick, is Tom, and Wendy. Rick, Tom, and Wendy. They are our horror thruple. And as we've already said, everybody at this campground are awful people. So, of course, Rick, Tom, and Wendy are awful people. They're pretty awful people. They're terrible. But are, are they? Yes. They start off pretty awful. They keep pretty They awful. keep being, like, kind of shitty. But then at the end, Rick is trying to help when he dies tom is trying to help when he dies wendy never really wendy never really tries to help but that's also because the two guys are like stay at the fucking tent yeah (laughs) to her and it's sad how she she dies trying to like survive poor wendy sure poor fucking wendy so we're introduced to these characters (laughs) going back a little with them carving all three of their initials in a heart yeah so right there right there explicit thruple yes 
And even though after that, it's made to seem that like it, it's the two guys vying for the woman's attention, they even explicitly yeah, say they, that she they want her to choose one of them. Yeah. I mean, there definitely is this element of the three of them are in it together. Yeah. So again, I think they're a throuple because I think that they, they exclusively hang out with all three of them together. Yeah. You know, before this even, this camping trip is part of it. But like, they've been together for a while. She's definitely made out with both of them. Oh, for sure. Probably at the same time. Yeah. She hasn't slept with either of them. That's made no. pretty clear. Yeah. And I think that this camping trip, I think for her, it was like, I'm going to do both of them. That's what this is. Yeah. I feel like Rick knows that's where it's going and is okay with it. I think Tom is still a little, like, doesn't see that that's where it's going, you know? Well, Tom is kind of dumb. Tom is kind of dumb. I feel like the night of the kegger, if Wendy hadn't pulled that shit of leaving them out in the rain, I feel like that was the night that all three of them could have just Well, done it. all right. So let's rewind a little bit. Okay. I agree with you, but put a pin in it. Okay. So Rick, Tom, and Wendy, Rick is, Rick's the hottest. Right? I think Tom's hotter. Really? You think Tom's hotter than Rick? Yeah, but it's it's a close. It's I'm a, a close race. I'm, I'm, I'm all about Rick. I'm all about Tom. I'm all about Rick. Rick? Well, you can have Rick and I'll okay. have Tom. I like Rick's eyebrows, his hair. He's got a little ponytail. He's got his, this long kind of curly hair tied into a ponytail and an Wait. earring. That's Rick. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rick's way hotter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they're generic names and the, the guys themselves are kind of generic, but Rick, yeah, okay. Rick is hotter. He's, yeah, he's got a ponytail. He's got a butterfly knife. He's wearing a t-shirt that has vultures on it when we meet him. And it says, patience my ass. I'm going to kill something. I'm going to kill something. <laughs> what a shirt. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tom just has a shirt that says, drink, drink, drink. <laughs> drink, drink, drink. <laughs> so, and that's who these guys are. Yeah. They're those guys. I think that Rick is a little more edgy. Mm-hmm. Then Tom, like, I think Rick writes poetry. Yeah. And I think Tom doesn't know that. Well, no, because Rick doesn't let a lot of people know yeah, that. Yeah, Rick doesn't let people in. Mm-hmm. Rick's also, he's a little possessive, a little, like, standoffish, maybe. Well, I think Rick has an idea of who he who people see him as and mm-hmm. this pressure to feel the need to be that person, mm-hmm. where he also is, like, kind of has a soft side. You know, he's the soft bad boy. Fair, yeah. And Tom's just kind of dumb... I just want to party. Yeah. And kind of oblivious to some things. Right. Let's be fair. And Wendy is just the cutest. <laughs> yeah. She's got a top side pony. She's got, you know, a little flannel tied at the waist. She's got cute shirts. Yeah. She's got lovely bangs. Mm-hmm. Very- she never wears a bra. Nope. But she also kind of sucks. I mean, they all kind they of all suck. They all kind of suck. So when we're introduced to them, they're listening to punk rock. And they're supposed to be our punk characters. Yep. But they're not very punk. They're Honestly, they're more like realistic punk than the punks you usually see in movies. Right. Like they're, none of them have mohawks or leather jackets or a bunch of patches and, you know, piercings. They're just like regular American young people. Yeah. You know, but like they like to party. And they're having a whole conversation about which one are you going to sleep with? Which one of us are you going to sleep with? And she's like, well, you'll find out tonight. Which is, okay, yeah, that's kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, come on, guys, the answer is both of you. I mean, that's what it should and be. And that's what you're going to find. That's what you would have found out. But then when we, the first time we see them interact with other people is when poor Chuck comes up with, what's his wife's name? Oh, God, I don't remember. I don't that. remember, but she sucks. She really sucks. And they're looking for... <laughs> Walter. They're looking for Walter, their psychopath son. 
And immediately, Rick, Tom, and Wendy are just nightmares to these people. Just being so shitty to them. Well, the first they ask him to turn the music down. And, and they turn it up, right? And what Rick says, probably my favorite line in the movie, what's the matter? Don't you like speed metal? And one, they're not listening to speed metal. That's not speed metal you're listening to, Rick. Speed, there is speed metal in Night of the Demons 2 when Shirley's dancing and has the hand boobs. Uh-huh. That's Morbid Angel. That's, that's, a, that's a type of speed metal. This is not speed metal. This is like punk. I mean, I guess it could be crossover thrash, but I wouldn't call it speed metal is my point, Rick. You're not a true metalhead, Rick. Your, your poser is showing. But, but then they're like, we're looking for our son. Have you seen him? And Tom says, does he look sort of like you? And Chuck goes, yeah, uh-huh. And Tom goes, sort of dumpy and stupid. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And then Rick jumps in with, yeah, kind of fat and weird. <laughs> Just immediately shitheads to these people. Yeah. Wendy get Wendy fires off a quick Chuck U. Farley, which is always nice. And yeah, they're just assholes to these people. But then in the next scene, we find out that Chuck's wife sucks and their son sucks too. So yeah, so they—I mean—they deserved it. It's just that Wendy, Tom, and Rick didn't know they it. They didn't know they deserved it. No. They're just—they just see squares and they're like attack yeah. because we're the thruple, we're the counterculture. This is what we we're do. here to freak out the squares because mm-hmm. we're queer. We don't really know we are. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, they're not even really the counterculture characters in this because we have the biker club. That's a whole other thing. But there's a whole scene about like how that counterculture is no longer a counterculture. Right. Which it's is kind of fun. Interesting. Yeah. They're yeah. an anachronism. They're, we're an anachronism. Face it, we're an anachronism. But, okay, so. Okay. It rains at one point. It's when Deke, who, by the way, much better than Craig at, at telling, at ghost, telling stories. ghost stories. Deke yeah. is so good at telling ghost stories. Mm-hmm. I love Deke. He was made for that. Deke is maybe my favorite character in the movie. Yep, easily. Big fan of him. So he tells the ghost story. They're all well. They're all at the kegger. Which, by the way, what kind of campground is this? Did you see how much fucking booze this yeah, campground was a lot provided? Of, a lot of booze. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. So they go to this campground party, and that's when the rainstorm starts. And they're all under a pop-up tent. And after being a little shitty, you know, Eddie's a dick to Deke mm-hmm. about the stuff. What does Deke say to him? Eddie, the biker, the biker, the leader of the biker gang. Oh, he's yeah. like, he's like, shut up, old man, or whatever about yeah. the ghost story. And uh, Deke says, it must be a shame to your mother for you to have grown up to be so silly. That's <laughs> such a great That's such a great thing to say. <laughs> but our trio, our thruple, goes back to their tent. And, well, this is, so Wendy dances in the rain. Oh, yep, okay. Can't Wendy starts that. dancing in the rain. It's fun. Yep. It's a good time. It riles up all the bikers. They all get horny and go off to have sex with their wives. Yeah. It's weird. It's at first you think that because they're they're kind of catcalling Wendy. Yeah, the bikers are, and the wives are like, "Shut up!" And then you know Rick gets a little possessive and is like, "Let's get out of here to Wendy." And then they Rick and Tom take Wendy off to, back to their tent. And the bikers, instead of being like weird about like you know trying to pursue Wendy, they're just like, "All right, well we're gonna we're all turned on, so we're gonna have sex with our wives." And yep. it's kind of. Like they they were being shitty, but it's also kind of sweet. I don't know. In some <laughs> weird way, fun. Yeah. yeah. In some weird way, but yeah. Then they go back to the tent, and Wendy's like, "You can't come in here." Yeah, it's pouring rain. It's pouring rain, and she locks them out. Okay, so here's the thing about Rick, Tom, and Wendy. They're all very young. Like they're early twenties at the oldest. Right. Right. And I feel like they 
don't really get what's going on here. Wendy's doing that like thing that she probably should have outgrown by now, but is that like the hard to get thing, but with two guys and it's like fun. I'm being like withholding and whatever. Also though, they were just shitty to her. Like she was dancing in the rain, having a good time. And they were like, stop it. Knock it off. You're making these old biker guys horny. We don't like that. Right. So they were kind of being shitty. But also, yeah, it is shitty to be like, yeah, stand out in the pouring fucking rain. You can't come into the tent. But to their credit, they are respectful of it. They yeah, are like... They do stay. Well, and they we'll could have just gone here. in. Yeah. But I think the other thing, too, was like that was her plan. Get them both soaking wet and a little frustrated. Mm-hmm. Then let them into the tent. Right. And then, well, hey, those clothes got to come off. Yep. And I think that was her plan. Yeah. But by the time they get in there, Tom is just pissed and is like, no fucking way. We're not doing it. I think that she still could have gotten them. Like, I think she still could have had it go that way if it wasn't for the bear. Yeah. That's yeah. what interrupted that's that. What it, that's right. Because when Tom's like, let's leave, he is like, we're going to have our own private party. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, they were both, Rick and Tom were both down. Yeah. Like, we're going to do this. You're right. The bear comes in. Fucks the whole up. thing up. And then they never get the chance to recover. And they never get the... Well, honestly, after that, I think Rick is still into it. And Tom was the one that was like, no, we're not doing anything. We're, just, we're not doing it. Because with the bear was a dead body. You're right. I'm, you know, okay, let's not forget I'm that. I'm thinking about... I have the sequence of events all out of order. They go into the tent. Rick is down for the three-way. Wendy's down for the three-way. Tom is like, nope, absolutely fucking not. We're not doing anything. But I, I think no he just do- needed a minute. Yeah. 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 I think you are right. I think that eventually he could have gotten back to that point. But you're right. The bear comes in. They find a dead body. The whole thing is is ruined. Yeah. And the mood's killed. And then we never get to see what happens with them. So, yeah, we just don't know. I'd like to believe okay. that if the events of Memorial Valley, if the massacre part of a Memorial <laughs> Valley massacre never happened that that three-way would have happened. Yeah. If not that night, the next. Yeah. And that this would have evolved into a kind of thruple. I don't think it would have lasted. No, yeah. I was going to say, I think it would have I think it would have ended badly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nothing yeah. with Wendy and good. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing with any of the three of them. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think... know why I'm singling out Wendy. They're all shitty. Yeah. I want to say Tom would be the one, the first one to be like, wait, this is, I'm not okay with this. This is weird. Because he's the squarest. Yeah. 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 And he's also the most oblivious, though. I think maybe I'm like not giving him enough credit because of that, because he's a little dense. Although it's hard to say, because again, I do, they do, like Rick dies trying to help out. I mean, he does get caught in a trap once because him and Tom are just running around playing with actual guns Uh when they're on the big manhunt. And then Tom, when he dies, he's trying to get the general, who also, I think, was trying to get Ranger George into a threesome at the RV earlier in the movie. Oh, oh, for sure. (laughs) He was for sure trying to get George to be in on something with him and his wife. But that was a one-off. Yeah, that was just, yeah, because that's the thing. The general is, he's the straight version of all of that, where it's the like, no, we just fool around like once and then we don't talk about it later. Like he does the key parties and stuff, but not the, not the actual like acknowledging this is a thing. There's no negotiation. There's no discussion. There's no intimacy. Yeah, exactly. Tom is trying to get him though to leave the RV to come join the others because of strength in numbers. Like he's trying to be good. 
And when the general's like, no, just go off and tell him I'm by myself. Like, Tom has, like, a moral dilemma about it. Like, he's conflicted. Mm -hmm. Like, he wants to do the right thing, and he's, like, confused about it, about, like, what he should do there when he then gets killed by the feral (laughs) barbarian son son of George. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, by the way, that whole thing with George and the son and the ransom and the kidnapping, what a complicated story. Yeah, right? Way too much going on there. Yeah, it really is a lot. Also, George really sucks at his job. George is kind of a dick. And he's not a good tracker. (laughs) Well, because he's drunk. Yeah. Well, I don't believe he ever was a good tracker. Yeah. He's literally just walking in circles in the rain around a trash can. (laughs) When we learn from Deke that he's a tracker and that he's he's tracking something, that's what he's doing. That's because at that point, the rain is, there's nothing for him to track. So he's just going (laughs) to drink his pint of whiskey in the rain. So... Back to our thruple, though. Our thruple <laughs> ended early. Yeah, I think that it, it would have gotten ugly. It would have gotten messy, probably. Yeah, well, I think the reason it would have gotten messy, and this is important, if you listen to any of our couple's counseling episodes, you know this is important. <laughs> yeah. The reason it would get messy is because there's not a lot of great communication between the three of them. And you cannot have a successful thruple without very clear communication. Yeah, I think there's communication, but certain things aren't being communicated. Right. Like, it's weird because Rick and Tom at one point both are very early on, very point blank, which one of us are you going to sleep with? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a little bit of coaxing to that to get them to admit that that's good. Wendy's even like, do you mean which one of you am I going to sleep with? Right. And they're like, yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you should have been more direct. But they could argue they're being direct there, but it's like, they're that way about that, but you know they're not going to talk about their feelings like that. No. Like. But maybe they will. I mean, that's the other thing is who knows? Maybe it, whatever. Maybe because right, part of the thing is, is that, you know, they present themselves as these really hard ass. Yeah, they're outsiders. People, they're like. But when push comes to shove, they actually show themselves to have some heart. They do all have some heart. Yeah. Because also there's a moment of little like physical affection between Rick and Tom when they're going off to join the manhunt. Mm-hmm. Like they're excited. They're patting each other on the back and they're like, yeah, we're, gonna, we're friends. You know, it's not like they're closed off completely. You know, they're friends. So I don't feel like they would want this to ruin their friendship. But it's who, I mean, again, they're young and they're kind of dumb. So who knows? <laughs> I do like when they when they're like, we don't have to stay here and be insulted. And they're like, yeah, you can go somewhere else and be insulted. I love, they're just so, they're fun and I love them. Even though they're shitty people. Most people in Memorial Valley uh, campground are, are shitty. So fuck, Mary, kill Tom, Rick, Wendy. Oh, come on. This is easy? Yeah. You think this one's easy? Kill Wendy, fuck Tom, Mary, Rick. Here's the thing. I don't want to kill any of them. No. But you have to. You have to. That's, that's the, the game. Yeah. Uh, I take it back. Oh. I take it back because I think Wendy would be a better fuck. So fuck Wendy, kill Tom, marry Rick. Yeah. You know what? I think I have the same again. Really? I think I have the same one as you again. Well, I don't know. Rick might be my fuck. Wendy might be my... Well, Wendy's kind of a problem. Yeah. You can't marry Wendy. You either have to marry Rick or Tom, and I'd rather marry Rick. I don't know. I might marry Wendy. Really? She's fun. She's fun, but she also... She's a problem. I don't know how much of a problem. Well, yeah, you know. She's very reactionary. It's hard to say. You will fight a lot. I don't know if we would. Well, actually, yes, I do know we would. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's the same. I think I'm a Mary, Mary Rick, kill Tom, fuck Wendy. Okay. And I, I do want to say, I don't think, like I've been saying a lot about like, oh, the thruples are the counterculture and that's queer representation. Yeah, okay. Also though, like I'm not trying to attack anybody's couple relationship. I'm in a couple relationship. You're in a couple relationship. Like it's mm-hmm. not, I'm not trying to bring down anybody's thing. Right. I'm just... For the purposes of the conversation. Well, and I also, hope it doesn't come across that No, way. No, no. Okay. We're just opening up the possibilities of what can be. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, because it is, you want to see more of it. Yeah. Like, you know people that are in these relationships, and it's, I, I get so mad anytime, like, people attack, like, polyamory or open relationships online, and it's, like, so much hate. Again, it like it's like where is this coming from? Well, it comes from a place of insecurity. Yeah, people yeah. who attack polyamory attack it because they couldn't handle it because of their own insecurities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I every time I've like almost tweeted several times, like that shitty joke you just made about polyamory isn't going to bring the love back into your doomed relationship. <laughs> square. I mean, yeah, you're not you're not wrong. <laughs> it's like it has very much that energy anytime somebody's like. Talk shit, you know. Right. Well, those those two movies. Those are the, that's the thruples in Don't Go in the Woods and Memorial Valley Massacre. That's our camping thruple. Yeah, that's that's, that's the camping thruple. That's who we're sharing a tent with. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, what's a couple in a horror movie that you think would be a fun thruple for you to be in? For me, yes, for you. For me, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go with Chris and Rick. From Friday the 13th, part three. Don't, I don't like it when you lie. No one likes it when you lie. No, no. Okay, 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 okay. I, I just almost ended this podcast. Yeah, you did. I'm sorry. How, why would that you was do too that far. To me? Yeah. I took it too far. It's not funny, Philip. No. It's not funny. Rick Look, is never funny. There are jokes, and then there's whatever that was, and it's not okay. Rick is never a joke. We don't joke about Rick. No. Um, Art and Tony from Leprechaun oh, 3. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Art and Tony, obviously. No. Of course. I was thinking uh, Mr. and Mrs. Dudley from The <laughs> of Haunting. Of course you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> you like, belong in that thruple. Like, I do. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to live with them. Like, and it's here's the thing I don't think we'd ever fuck. <laughs> no. I would just, no. I would just the Dudleys like, don't fuck. Can I just be a part of how much you hate everyone else. <laughs> and they would love that. That would be so fun. Oh, you know, actually, I changed my Uh-oh. answer. Yeah. I want to be in a horror thruple with Ripley and Hicks, and I want the three of us to parent Newt. That's pretty good. That's a good one. Yeah, I would be so into that thruple. Okay, enough. Enough. Yeah. Enough. There there are too many hot people out there. Yeah. Everybody needs to stop being so Stop hot. it. Everybody knock it off. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we did good work here today, Andy. Did we? I, I, I just said. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Good. All right. On that note, bye, good luck. Yeah, you can go somewhere else and be insulted. All right. Bye, good luck. Fuck it. Bye, good luck. TTFN, shut up. <laughs>